What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Daily Energy News Beat Stand Up here on this gorgeous Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. As always, I'm your humble correspondent, Michael Tanner, coming to you from an undisclosed location here in Dallas, Texas, joined by the executive producer of the show, the purveyor of the show, and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com, Stuart Turley. My man, how we doing today? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. We're going to have a lot of fun today. Yeah, we, we are going to have a, a lot of fun. We have a great show lined up today. First up on the menu, guys, ExxonMobil is in no hurry to spend its $32.7 billion cash war chest. Neither would I in this environment. So Stu's going to dive in uh, to some high-level stuff on what ExxonMobil is thinking. Next up, let's find a way to get tax subsidies for clean energy, right? This is a great opinion piece that Stu's going to walk through um, from the Council on Economic Policies at the and finally, over our dead bodies, backlash begins to build against three trillion clean energy push. This is uh, this is a good article that Stu's going to cover what's going on um, out in Kansas. He'll kick it over to me. I'll quickly cover what's going on in the oil and gas markets. We've got oil prices up seventy three fifty four, um, and then just. It really, we'll just hit a few different earnings. I again recommend going to our website and finding all of those earnings. But we will we will cover that at the end. Then we'll let you get out of here and uh, and start your day, guys. So appreciate you checking us out. As always, the stories we are about to cover are courtesy of the world's greatest website, www.energynewsbeat.com. Dashboard.energynewsbeat.com is our combo energy news combo where you can uh, uh, kind of see a lot of the data that we talk about. We're trying to throw up there. Get it while you still can. You never know where it might go. Um, we appreciate all of our people who are who are reading. I mean, we have some fantastic views, some of our websites. So we appreciate everybody there. Enough of the pleasantries though, Stu, where do you want to begin? Hey, let's start with uh, ExxonMobil is in no hurry to spend its $32 billion cash war chest. Michael, what's a few billion between friends? I don't know. You, uh, could, th- you could throw us one. Oh, you bet. My credit card will go that high. Um, The oil giants plan to patiently wait for the right acquisition to opportunity to rise. Uh, I love this. Uh, Exxon is swimming in cash. That's a good way to say it. Kind of like what screwed McDuck, you know, when he's swimming around in there. Yeah. uh, In the cartoon. Um, the oil giant generated Michael 16.3 billion in cash Q1 this year, spending billion. That's even after spending billions on capital projects. It, their cash, uh, cash on hand went up 3 billion after that. But Michael, here's where this article kind of gets a little bit, uh, more interesting. Uh, Denberry. Uh, it was re- last fall, several media outlets reported Exxon had uh, held preliminary talks to acquire Denberry uh, resources, and the deal would have been for more than $5 billion. Boy, when you got that money billions, what's $5 million between friends? So, Yeah, I mean, again, what is Denberry? They're a, they're, they're a carbon, they're big into the carbon dioxide game. So is this an easy entry to get into that space, acquire some IP? Probably. Right. I mean, that's that makes sense to me, not so much the deal size, but what what Denberry's good at. Oh, absolutely. And and that's the way that Oxy is headed off and doing it right. Um, Meanwhile, Exxon was, you know, you are all over that story with uh, them trying to preliminary uh, uh, to acquire Pioneer Natural Resources. And you said it right. 
who let that cat out of the bag? Was it somebody from Pioneer saying, oh, we want to test it? Or was it somebody from Exxon wanting to test and see how the work? Oh, it definitely is Exxon, in my opinion, because they're trying to get a feel for they're going to have to finance this. And so they need to know if they're leveraging their stock to make this purchase, they need to make sure that the street likes this deal. So that would be my guess. I think what's interesting in the next paragraph below, in addition to Pioneer, Exxon has reportedly had mergers, which is at least one other company. While the identity of the Exxon, other potential target remains unknown. It's likely a large scale producer in the Permian Basin. Stu, I think you tipped my hand. I think they're going to end up buying Oxy. I think, you know, I really believe that is going to be the move if and it's going to be huge but that would be my my analysis in which they buy oxy and then shed colorado so they only buy oxy's permian business I, I couldn't agree more and it's because of the way it was managed and the way oxy turned out to be the number one on the dow 500 so yes now did they overpay for anadarko that is still true but that's for another conversation what's next um, anyway, uh, you heard it here first, Michael, you and I are, you, you knew where I was going on that one. Okay. Uh, let's find a way to get tax subsidies for clean energy, right? Hmm. Fiscal support will stimulate private investments in clean energy and foster innovation. But there are risks, says the first paragraph. Governments must get it right to avoid a wasted opportunity, says Augustin Redona, Patrick Lehan, and Furham Alu of the Council of Economic Policies. After years of procrastination, governments worldwide are finally providing substantial fiscal support to clean energy. They've been doing it all along, dude. I mean, they have flat doing it. I do like this. The Oxy Oxford Global Recovery Observatory, an international energy agency, estimate global fiscal uh, commitments on green measures between 1 trillion and 1.2 trillion since 2020 kind of goes with what I just said. The OECD green recovery database estimates roughly similar amount of 1.1 trillion euros in government spending allocated to environmentally positive measures. Here's where the problem is on the Inflation Reduction Act. That's the next paragraph down. All of the uh, inflation reduction items, including the the tax credits and tax deductions for EVs, had a lot of strings on them, Michael. It was almost like a can can of worms. And in fact, they wanted them built in the U.S. They wanted the minerals done in the U.S. None of the minerals are done in the U.S. So when they actually came through with all of these things put in there, the unions were upset because it meant that not many union jobs would be getting money from the Inflation Reduction Act. Last week, the unions walked away from Biden. So you sit back and kind of go, he's lost a lot of his base based off of the tax credits being a farce. Yeah. Well, I I agree with most of what you said. I think what's interesting in this, (laughs) what this article does is bring up what I've been preaching is the unintended consequences of, quote unquote, subsidizing clean energy the right way. They, They bring it up. Another concern is that law may not be as environmentally friendly as presented to lawmakers. There are always unintended consequences to harm natural ecosystems, 
particularly in developing economies due to the supply chain components of clean tech. They go on to cite an example of the, the, as you mentioned, the EV, which is already showing huge, you know, as we've talked about the deforestation and the biodiversity, you love to talk about how the whales are dying because we're rolling out offshore wind. You know, it, it clearly the unintended consequences of this stuff needs to be taken into account. So if we're going to do anything um, subsidy wise, understanding those second order effects are critical. Right. And and the uh, right under the unknown fiscal cost, I love this, Michael, in this, it says the tax and climate law is already subject to debate, which will prompt useful lessons for other countries. They're printing money just as fast as we can right now. First, prov- uh, providing tax credits without funding cap could turn out to have a very costly impact on government coffers. The Congressional Budget Office has estimated that the energy and climate provisions would cost over $369 billion over 10 years, but they also admit they don't know how much it's going to cost. Huh. Let's ask for an open checkbook. Can't do it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take a, I'll, I'll take an easy check, please. What's next? Okay, let's go to the last one here. Over our dead bodies. Michael, I got a real tickle on this one. Over our dead bodies. Backlash builds against three trillion uh, clean energy push. Uh, Ballooning size of wind and solar projects draws local ire as they march closer to populated areas. Michael, let me uh, tell our listeners uh, from the podcast, they need to go to energynewsbeat.com. Take a look at the picture on this, Michael. It is a scrawny looking cow looking at the ca- looking at the camera in a wind farm in a abysmal field. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say that that I hope my beef's not coming off that guy. <laughs> You're gonna need a thousand more head of cattle because there's not much meat on that bone. No. Okay, um, the green investment spree. I love this article. Uh, Let's see. A year ago, when we were a nice, quiet neighborhood, said Mrs. Kaufman, who has attended a series of uh, contentious public meetings over several months as the county considers revising regulations for wind farm. County by county battles are raging as wind and solar projects balloon in size, edge closer to cities and encountering mounting pushback in communities from Niagara Falls to the Great Plains. Projects have slowed and it's because of permitting and a few other things that they didn't get in there. Well, I think it's important to note that she got approached to hang a wind power transmission line across her land. They were going to give her six grand to do it. She said no. She also said that she was offered to store if they could store storage equipment, she could make an additional four thousand. She also said no. So, she, you know, I mean, not that 10 grand is a huge sum of money, but I mean, that's that's enough to where, you know, you, you might think, yeah, sure. Go ahead and just, you know, I'd take 10 right. grand. No, not when you're talking, it's going to be there for 30 years or excuse me, it's going to be there for eight years. Then nobody's going to haul it off when it loses its ability to function. You're going to have this boat anchor out there that they're never going to get rid of. So what are you going to do? Um, Let it sit there. And then now it starts devaluating your property. Are you going to get any tax credits? Are those tax credits going to be uh, any good? So I think it's abysmal of what they're asking uh, landowners to do, you know, in, in trying to do it. People don't want things in their backyard. It's the NIMBY. 
and not Gumby. It's NIMBY, not in my backyard. It's true. All right, man. Hey, back to you, dude. Yeah, um, I think in the in 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 finance, we, we've got a couple things really besides earnings. Oil prices up to seventy three fifty two, really off the back of a really nice EIA short term energy outlook. They drop these really the first week of every month. Big quote coming out there says we expect seasonal rise in oil consumption and a drop in OPEC crude oil production to put some upward pressure on crude oil prices in the coming months. That pretty much buoyed prices up to where we see now. They also forecasted U.S. crude oil production will rise by five point one percentage points to about 12.53 million barrels per day did lower its estimate from this year and the from pre and previous forecast cut their WTI and Brent forecast by uh, 7% each um we did see the API estimate which is interesting we saw the API then come out and estimate a 3.6 million barrel build in the strategic petroleum reserves that's their estimate for tomorrow. Analysts were expecting a drawdown of about a 900,000. So a big swing there. It'll be interesting to see what the EIA says yesterday. You know, you know, we did see some Chinese imports contract a little bit, which, which isn't going to be as bullish for prices. But again, upward action at, you know, some good price action on oil and gas, you know, seeing it about 73.62 and currently trading about 73.50. Net gas prices decided to chop around all day, currently trading $2.25. Again, sort of. As 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 we shift from 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 build to or from storage or draw season to storage season, you know prices are going to be fairly choppy depending on things we see there. Um, we expect about an eighty BCF build in in the, in the natural gas reserves that'll drop on Friday. Um, pretty big range of estimates though. If you go look at NatGas Intel, they'll give you a pretty big range of what to expect. It's whew, not good. On the markets front, I just thought it'd be interesting. Saudi Aramco, they did drop, you know, I think they'll, they'll you know, the, they'll probably the only earnings we'll go ahead and cover here. They did see a increase in net income over what the analysts were expecting. They were expecting about a 30.5 billion um, net increase or net uh, profit, which is pretty insane. Um, they ended up uh, posting a 31.9 billion, which is 19% year over year for them. Um, and they pretty much cite falling oil prices. What's interesting from net income to net profit, even though it was a drop in 8 billion of net income, they net profit was actually up 3.5 percentage points from the fourth quarter, uh, mainly offset due to lower taxes um, and higher financials and other income associated with oil and gas. So uh, Aramco shares were actually up about 3.2 percentage points in the early trading day, which they've got about 5% free float. Um, they did go ahead and say they increased their first quarter dividend to 19.5 billion, which will be paid in the second quarter. Um, cash flow from operating activities, 39.6 and free cash flow of 30.9 billion. I mean, that's pretty cool. We're still open for a sponsorship. It's pretty, we're pretty cheap. Well, we almost had that uh, consulting gig where you were going to be going over to Dubai all the time. So I, I don't know if that was real, but um, who knows? Who knows? Um, You got anything else Stu? Yeah. I just want to give a shout out to all of the Chinese hackers. Uh, they've been trying to get in at Newsbeat. We had over 38,000 people on the site today. We had 312 SQL injection attacks today on one of the best news sites around. Pretty incredible when you start considering what an SQL injection will do to a site. Yeah, it'll take it down. I don't know who wants to shut us down, but I guess someone it, is listening. They are listening and they don't like us. So no, well, I don't either. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's actually half of those are me. 
<laughs> Half of those are actually me. You, you don't even know what an SQL injection is, dude. You're a programmer, but not that good. I don't. Um, well, with that, guys, we'll let you get out of here. Get back to hacking our website. We appreciate you checking us out. Um, www.energynewsbeat.com. We'll see you tomorrow, guys.